Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can listen to us on your smart speaker to say play ESPN radio by the way download the app you should have it anyway one app one tap best app going Field Yates ESPN NFL insider and co-host of the fantasy focus football podcast Field what's going on Max good morning good to talk to you guys and good to see you guys all together in the studio looking forward to talking shop today I haven't spoken to you I don't know what happened for some reason our paths haven't crossed in a minute What's going on? You've been lucky, Max. <laughs> so, Key just gave his top five wide yes, receivers to avoid in fantasy. Especially, he says, the emphasis is early in the season. You should avoid these guys. The list was Marquise Brown, Metcalf, and Lockett. Like, just both the guys on the Seahawks. CeeDee Lamb, Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper. What do you make of that list? All right, there are a couple that I agree with there. And there are a couple that I'm going to take Key to task on. And, uh... You know, he and I had slightly different careers as wide receivers, so obviously <laughs> he's got some knowledge that I can't relate to, but I'm going to try to weave in some fantasy insight. The Seahawks do make me extremely nervous. I can't recall a situation where we had two top-flight receivers with as unsteady of a quarterback situation as they have right now. Drew Locke and Geno Smith, the answer is neither is the answer, right? They move from Russell Wilson to one of those two quarterbacks. It makes you extremely nervous. On top of the fact that Pete Carroll, no matter the score, loves to run the football. I think beyond that, though, I'm okay with the rest of the guys. Tyree Kill maybe makes me a tad nervous relative to where he was in recent seasons because he goes from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tungo-Vailoa. But I'm optimistic on the rest of the guys. Hollywood Brown, for the first six weeks of the season, should be the number one receiver in Arizona, and that could prolong even past when DeAndre Hopkins returns. And the other two guys, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper, I'm with you on the Cooper one. But CeeDee Lamb should be one of the most heavily targeted wideouts in the NFL this season. No Michael Gallup early on in the year. James Washington is hurt. Amari Cooper now plays for the Cleveland Browns. I think CeeDee Lamb might be one of the NFL target leaders for the full season. You know, it, it, yeah, I get what you're saying about everything, but I also look at what they want to do from a personnel standpoint when you talk about – Hollywood Brown. Yeah, Hollywood Brown, you automatically people think relationship. Kyler Murray, they brought him in. They're going to force him to football. Yeah, but A.J. Brown's on the A.J. Green's on the other side of him. They've got to f- somehow figure out how to utilize A.J. so they can get Hollywood Brown the opportunities. When you talk about somebody like C.D. Lamb, the Cowboys are going to f- focus on running the football because their pass sets – from an offensive standpoint with the offensive line, is still questionable. They know they can push forward, but on their heels, that's a question mark. And then when you talk about Tyreek Hill, everybody again, much like CeeDee Lamb, because of the, they acquired him in the offseason and spent a bunch to get him, people automatically assume that they're just going to force him to football and forget about the tight end, forget about the other receivers that's there. Early in the season, 
I think that that may be the case. And then eventually he will somehow, you know, disappear because Teddy Bridgewater will wind up taking over. Because one of the things that you know, Phil, in covering this stuff, and you know this, you just gave a guy $100 million and a bunch of draft picks to acquire him. And if he's not touching the football, you got an answer to that. And now all of a sudden, he's going to start complaining about getting the football. The owners want to know, why am I spending all this money on a guy that's not productive? And then they're going to blame the quarterback that they don't really love. And then they're going to get Teddy Bridgewater so the whole game plan changes. That's where I come up with all of why I avoid these four, five receivers. But not my nephew. I'm taking him no matter what. Yeah, Michael Thomas, of course. you got to have Mike T in your lineup. And, yeah, maybe Stephen Ross will be thinking to himself about halfway through the season, should I make a call to Tom Brady again? I know it was illegal the last time I did it, but they've already docked us a draft pick the first time around, so might as well go back to the well. You know, it's some fair points in there, Key. I think the big concern with Tyree Kale beyond everything you just said is that last year with Patrick Mahomes for fantasy – he was not consistent. We rank receivers at the end of each week based off how many points they scored. If you're in the top 20, that's considered a player that you would have felt comfortable starting. He had eight weeks last year, eight, in which he wasn't even in the top 40 for wide receivers. If he was inconsistent with Patrick Mahomes, can you expect it to be more consistent with Tua? I think the answer is not necessarily. Field, who could be some of the sleepers – wide receiver-wise this season that we should be looking at? I think there is a great group of players that based off of where they are going, I always say not sleepers in terms of names, but sleepers in terms of value. And I think this year we could see some guys absolutely smash relative to where they're being drafted right now. Key just mentioned him. I'm not trying to play to the home crowd here, but Michael Thomas is currently being drafted around the 30th wide receiver in fantasy. Michael Thomas is, when he's healthy and at his best, way higher, way closer to one in terms of his overall value as a wide receiver in the league. The guy's been one of the most productive players the league has ever seen through his first five seasons in the NFL. See, Key, we're trying to tell you about Michael Thomas. Draft him up high. Yeah, Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to follow Key's advice on that one. Robert Woods is coming off of an ACL tear. And I know that he is going to be 30 or is recently, uh, has recently turned 30, but he has a chance based off of the offensive he plays in to be the clear cut number one wide receiver. And he's being drafted as the 48th receiver off the board. He tore his ACL in October. That's nearly 11 months for him to recover and get back in shape for week one of the NFL season. A.J. Brown's no longer in Tennessee. I know that Ryan Tannehill played very suspect football for much of last season. I expect him to bounce back enough to help Robert Woods look like the player he was at earlier stages of his career. And then this one's kind of a deep shot. And I know that people are probably fading him because of how things went last year, but things could not have gone more wrong for Robbie Anderson in basically every way, but one last year. And that Robbie Anderson Still in the 28th most targets in the NFL last year. He was just wildly inefficient, in part because the quarterback play was so bad last season in Carolina. I think Baker Mayfield's a legit upgrade over Sam Darnold and over the rest of the quarterback room in Carolina. And, you know, we always talk about in fantasy football, we're looking for things that stand out either as outliers positively or negatively. That was a negative outlier for Robbie Anderson. The law of averages makes me think that he'll have some better luck this year 
and he is being drafted as the 61st wide receiver off the board. In many leagues, he is undrafted. So Robbie Anderson, another name that I like. Wow. That was uh, quite the thing there, Phil, I must say. (laughs) As you were talking, I'm sitting here thinking of some of these receivers, and I'm like, where does a guy like Hunter Renfro land? Like, where's that to me? Because when I look at Josh McDaniels going over from the New England Patriots, and, and, and Hunter Renfro had productivity, no question about it, with Carr and the Raiders, but think about what Josh does with those style receivers, whether it's Edelman or, or, or uh, any of those guys that they've had at that particular position. Yeah, they've really crushed it there, right? It started with Wes Welker, and Welker. then there was Stuart Edelman, Danny Amendola to a degree. They've had some guys, and it wasn't the exact same role, but even Kendrick Bourne played a bunch from the slot last year and had some huge weeks for them uh, in that new-look Patriots offense. And I think that the, the, the equation that goes through my head when I'm looking at Hunter Renfro from a fantasy perspective, he had 103 catches last year. Not many guys have 100-catch seasons to their name. He's an awesome player, too, right? I mean, the guy snaps off defensive back's ankles basically every single week with his route running. So he's a really good player who got paid a lot of money this offseason, $32 million over a two-year extension, that I think has a chance to be like what those Patriots receivers were from the slot in recent years. The only consideration is those offenses did not necessarily have both an alpha wide receiver like Devontae Adams and a star tight end like Darren Waller. There were the Randy Moss years where they didn't have a ton of tight end production, and there were the Gronk years where they never had that alpha wide receiver like Devontae Adams. So it's kind of like how many targets are there to go around for Hunter Renfro? That being said, I am higher on him than the rest of our rankers here at ESPN. I have him in the mid-20s for my wide receiver rankings. The consensus rankings are closer to low 30s. I'm optimistic that Josh McDaniels is just going to love the player because he just feels like, to your point, kind of an archetype for what the Patriots have thrived off of out of the slot. Wouldn't surprise me if he at least comes close to 100 catches again this year. Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, co-host of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Field, um, I'm George Pickens, I mean, if you are on social media at all, Pickens is doing stuff in practice and people can't get over how great he looks and what a steal. And say, what? Young white, and we. I even asked Key about this off mic earlier today, and like you know, we got he's reserving judgment until he really puts his eyes on him and watches him for a little bit. But Pickens is obviously a hot guy right now. What wideouts, young guys like Pickens, could be draft and stash players this season? Yeah, there are a few that come to mind, Max. Because you're right, George Pickens is one of those that has done enough this preseason to catch my attention. Romeo Dobbs from the Green Bay Packers in that same category. Dobbs, a fourth-round pick out of Nevada. And as we all know, the Packers need to find some new wide receivers because Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Gantling both departed this offseason. So those are two names that definitely come to mind as players that should be busy. This one is not nearly as new, but Rashad Bateman was a first-round pick just a year ago, and somebody has to catch passes in Baltimore with Hollywood Brown now in Arizona. So Rashad Bateman, another name that I like. And if you look at where those guys are going, Dobbs and Pickens are going much later than Rashad Bateman, but still Bateman is going pretty late as uh, it's going pretty late relative to some of the other guys that could be number one wideouts within their own offense. And the beauty of wide receiver this year is that we haven't even really talked about the guys that went in the first round. We had six first round wide receivers and the only one that is being drafted 
in a reasonable range is Drake London for the Falcons. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks. These guys are not being touched anywhere near the top of draft boards. One or two of them seems likely to break out based off of recent history. And I think it's just sort of sifting through which one has the best upside in terms of quarterback play and role. Phil Yates joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Phil, the running back position is always interesting on how people value them, not only in fantasy football, but also in real life NFL. Alvin Kamara will be missing some time. So how how should the fantasy experts out there that are picking take a look in, in drafting? How should they approach this with Alvin Kamara? Yeah, probably one of the trickiest players in fantasy right now, Key, because if he plays, you know what he is. Every year in his career, he finishes a top 10 scoring running back. So you feel good about taking him in the first round if you had an idea that he was not going to be suspended. But until we have full clarity as to whether a suspension could take place this year, whether it could take place next year, that complicates the matter dramatically. So I think that Alvin Kamara uh, has been, if, if he has no suspension this season, where he is currently going off of draft boards is too low. But if he misses four or five games, then I understand why he's being drafted where he is. But the one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL, that much is for sure. There was that stretch where the Saints toyed around with Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback. That's the only time in Alvin Kamara's career where he wasn't making a massive impact as a receiver. And while the rushing efficiency last year wasn't incredible for Alvin Kamara, I think he's best suited to be in not necessarily a 20-carry-per-game role, but maybe more like 15 carries per game. And that's part of the reason why the team brought back Mark Ingram last year to take off some of the rushing duties from Alvin Kamara's plate and allow him to be more of a receiver where he's so dynamic. I think we'll see more of that this season. If we found out tomorrow that Alvin Kamara would not be suspended at all this season and it could be pushed into 2023, then I think he he belongs squarely in the first round of fantasy drafts. Hey, Phil, speaking of running backs, uh, who do you think is, is set up to have a better bounce back year? Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. And people uh, play fantasy football not just with their brains, but also with their hearts. Uh, and when I, I mentioned that, uh, not to make you guys too emotional this morning, although I know I do typically have that effect on you, but you're sitting here and you've drafted Christian McCaffrey each of the past two years. And if you do it again this year and he gets hurt again this season, you're going to say, all right, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. I may have to retire from fantasy football after three straight years of doing this. All that being said, Christian McCaffrey, if he stays on the field, and a reminder, through the first three years of his career, he did not miss a single game. He was the Iron Man amongst running backs. And if that happens again this season, based off his prior production, no player is a better player in fantasy football than Christian McCaffrey. He's the best receiving running back in the league and one of the best we've ever seen in the NFL. He has, over the past four seasons, averaged nearly 26 fantasy points per game. I know he's missed a lot of games, specifically 23 over the past two. But still, over a four-year sample of, I think that's 56 games, if my count is correct, 55 games, to be averaging 26 fantasy points per game, 
just for some context, Cooper Cup had one of the most productive wide receiver seasons ever. He averaged 25.9. Christian McCaffrey can be that level of player every single week. I'm betting on him. I know the injury concerns are legit, as they are for Saquon, but CMC is just too good to ignore. So for a daily fantasy and like PPR leagues, McCaffrey also on a week-to-week basis you like? I do, and I think that with daily fantasy, what will be fascinating to see is whether those who are setting the market for pricing this year immediately catapult Christian McCaffrey right back up to where he has been, which is basically the most expensive player in daily fantasy right. every single That's week. So asking. they require like ten thousand a week. Yeah, you have a budget of yeah, fifty thousand. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you want like twenty yeah, exactly. percent of your whole budget, right? And 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 for those that uh, don't play as much daily fantasy, you know, generally the calculus is you're trying to do something a little bit different than everybody else because if you do the chalk thing, if you go the chalk route, you're just going to have the same number of points as everybody else. So you're trying to zig when others zag. So Christian McCaffrey will be an interesting one this year in daily fantasy. Uh, I know that players, every player is vulnerable to injury and every player could have a a durability streak snap. Um, But I just hope for Christian McCaffrey's sake that he is back on the field because Three straight years to begin a season, uh, begin his career without missing a game, and then he signs the largest running back contract ever, which, by the way, has not been surpassed in terms of average annual value since then. It's been a nightmare. It sort of feels like, and I was saying earlier, like we look for outliers, positively and negatively. It feels to me like Christian McCaffrey is due for some bounce back, good health luck. Phil Yates, ESPN NFL Insider, co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will Max. Phil, how, let's go to the tight end position. Kyle Pitts didn't have that great of a year last year. Like, what, what should we expect from that? And who are some of the sleeper tight ends that we should focus on? Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, it is once again a year where a lot of the same names that we've been discussing in previous years are right back in the conversation for tight ends. And I'm glad you brought up Kyle Pitts first, J. Will, because I, uh, I know that Kyle Pitts was the fourth overall player uh, taken in last year's draft and that he had over 1,000 receiving yards, second most ever by a rookie behind only Mike Ditka. He's still a breakout player for me this year, though, and the reason being he had one touchdown last year. Like, it's almost impossible to fathom a scenario where a guy that talented could have just one touchdown. By the way, when his NFL hey, career that happened began, to me, Phil, relax. Yeah, well, that's because they didn't throw the damn ball, Keith. That was their fault, not your fault. Uh, But Kyle Pitts was 20 when the season started last year. He's one of the youngest players in the NFL. I know that guys can get better at any age in their career, but it's like you expect a guy to make a big leap going from 20 to 21 to 22 to 23. So Kyle Pitts, the the ceiling is basically limitless for him. And then as far as sleepers go, you know, it's a weird position because – if you look again over the course of time, sometimes when you pick a sleeper, it ends up being a guy that's just as likely to be a bust as he is a breakout. But I do think that Pat Frymuth has a legitimate chance to be a player that exceeds his current value. And the Steelers' quarterback question marks are fair for the moment. But Ben Roethlisberger wasn't exactly, you know, vintage Ben Roethlisberger last season. And Frymuth, really, really good uh, last, uh, last year for the Steelers as a rookie. Beyond that, uh, you know, a guy that really good in the red zone based off of his size. And if the Steelers, who play in a competitive conference, are finding themselves playing from behind a bunch, he should get some good opportunities. 
That is Field Yates, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN NFL insider and the co-host of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Good hearing from you, Field, as always. All right, guys, right back to you. Thanks so much for having me on. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Why does he feel this way? That's the question that no one seems to have a great answer for. Because, again, Kevin Durant was publicly defending Steve Nash in April as the season ended, and now here we are. I think it's Kyrie Irving's fault. This is what happens when when you and your friend are in school, (laughs) and, yeah, let's be partners, let's do this, and then you find out your friend doesn't like to do the work. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80. That's my prerogative. I guess it is KD's prerogative. Whether he, no, listen, KD denies reports about him planning to retire. Uh, you have any, did, Do you K, believe him? did KD berate you about any of this, Jay? Or is no, no, no. Yeah, Do go, you believe yeah. him about not retiring? Of course, he's De- not going to retire. Denies reports about him retiring. Yeah, yeah of course, he's not going to retire. But, but like, do I also believe that maybe something from KD's side led people to believe that he would something he did do something Somebody, to freeze out the Nets? Whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, because they're playing a game. They're trying to get leverage on each other. It's all back and forth, man. That's, uh, at the end of the day, I still don't see Joe side moving at all. KD tweeted, I know most people will believe unnamed sources over me, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen, I don't plan on retiring anyone, anytime soon. Bleep is comical at this point. NBA insider Mark Stein reported Monday that one team executive told him during the NBA Summer League that KD was, quote, more apt to retire than play again for the Brooklyn Nets. I, I, it seems to me that executive was just communicating to Mark Stein he, he, that, look, the history of modern basketball especially, as Key will point out and as I usually subscribe to, 
if a player superstar doesn't want to be there, you will have to deal him. So, so the executive, it seems to me, was trying to impart to Mark Stein these, the, like, the, look, the dude ain't playing for the Nets again. That, but or, Jay, that or gamesmanship where you say uh, if you're an executive of a different team anonymously, yeah, you right. say, oh, yeah, he's probably going to threaten to retire, probably retire. But Just try to force somebody's hand to make a move. To get Jay, I usually subscribe to Key's position. Where it's like, man, you're going to have to move him. In this case, though, he signed a long-term deal. They can't get value for him. He just came off another long-term deal. This the, is the second long-term he's, deal. He's out there publicizing the fact that he doesn't want to be there, meaning the value for him is even less. I, I don't see him getting moved until, as Key would say, such due time that KD starts I'm playing ball. My stuff. That KD starts playing ball and letting people know, I'm very happy. I'll stay with Brooklyn. All that. Happen. If he does that, maybe they'll move him. If he keeps devaluing his own stock, why would Brooklyn you know, trade him for it's peanuts? Too, it's too late. He can't backtrack what he's already done. Oh, I was just kidding. I, I really want to play. Can't do if it. If you own the Nets, what would you tell him? I would simply, well, I, I would tell him that I'm going to probably look for a trade partner. If, but KD, you got to stop okay, letting everyone nothing, know you want out. But it's too late. They already know. They've been knowing. When did this happen, Jay? May? Ago. Get the horse back in the barn. Ago. Put the it's toothpaste still, back in that tube. Yeah, every time you do that, he squeezes it back out. So what's yeah. the point? So, and I know, I know you guys think when I say a guy wants out, they have to move him. Eventually, they're going to have to move him. It's just, that's just the reality of it from a lot of different angles. It's not about the money. It's about everything. When a guy is walking in a building and another guy is walking past him that doesn't want to be with him, there's no relationship there. Everything's soured now. Guy walking moping and it just sucked the energy Jay, out of Yeah, usually building. I'm with this. Not this time. I just feel like they got to get something for him. So what happens if you don't move him? He's, he's going to play ball. Is he? Yeah. He's going to sit out a season in the middle of at the end of his prime. So that, that's what that's. I mean, if you're if you're looking at it objectively, you remove yourself away from the emotion of being an athlete or anything. You're saying, okay, if he if he doesn't like being there, but he doesn't want to play there, is he going to sit out? And then the question is, if you're Joe Sy, okay, can I, can I ask you a question? Sit out. Sit out. Can, can I ask you a question? OJ? They're loaded in Brooklyn, by the way. Can I ask you a question, OJ? Sure. As a basketball player and covered college in the NBA and covered the NBA in college still. How many players have you seen that was on the trading block? Because he's on the trading block. He's on the trading block. Okay. Regardless to what it looks like now, that have played and played like themselves when they've been on the trading block. None of them. Whether it's a Ben Simmons, oh, I don't want to play, my back hurts, whatever. Different player, different whatever, blah, blah, blah. Whether it's James Harden, oh, man, I'm fat. I'm going to look like the Michelin man, and I'm going to come and got my fat suit on. Marshmallow guy. Whether it's uh, John Wall, well, I'm just going to sit on the bench and chill because y'all don't want to trade me. I'm chilling, whatever. It don't matter to me. When you think about those sort of things, whether it was Baron Davis years ago, you just, it, it doesn't, you can't get yourself to be what you've been in the past no matter how much you love the sport mm-hmm. because it's soured now. You could do it. You could. Oh, he'll do it for his teammates. He, if he was going to do it for his teammates, he would have never he said anything. He, but he can't. He's going to score twenty five even if without trying. It's but KD. it's not. It, well, well, uh, that's Key, what we think. Key, let me ask you. Do you do you think? Do you think Kevin Durant? Like, see, I think KD's big into his own personal legacy. Like, I I think he's the greatest scorer to ever live. Him and MJ in that conversation. It's hard for me to fathom that I think KD would cheat the game. 
because I know how much the game means to him. Like, the business and all that stuff, like, I, I, I hear you, but I, it's hard for me to firmly believe that KD would step on the court understanding how meaningful the game of basketball is to him. I don't think it's like, that deep for him. I think he's no, just no, a no, hooper. He's no. going to ball. He's going to ball. But he see, can't I, help this it. This is where I disagree with you because I know it's that deep for him. I know how he looks at the game of basketball. I know what the game of basketball so gives him, what it, what it helps him I get him it. Get what I'm to. saying is he can't help but to ball once that's he steps on the court. So, he can't so help let me, it. So, so, well, that's all of us. I can't help. If I step on the football field, right now at this day and age, he barely can move. I'm going to figure out how to muster a first down because it's in our DNA. Yeah, but Same thing with ben Jay Simmons regardless. Like well, Ben Simmons, like it's in your DNA, Jay. But so all what you said, though, why even take it to this point then? If you because you can't get a deal for him, Key. You're no, not no, no, no. I'm talking about no, Kevin talking Durant. About why even mm. if you such the? I love it. I'm a ball. I'm just that's who I'm a hooper and this that and the other. Why even take to this point? Why ever leave OKC? Why ever leave the Warriors? Why now try to leave Brooklyn if all you care about is balling? Stay your ass in Brooklyn and just ball in. I hear you. it. Just it feels like he's searching for something. That's why I want to bring this up because he brought it up earlier, Jay, and I agree with him. But again, but with KD, it's a little different. If he would have tried to get Steve Nash gone or even just the GM gone, maybe. But here's the problem with KD because he's such a great player. He tried to get them both gone. And even then, if you're as great as KD, if I'm the owner, I might think about it. But because I can't trust as the owner, based on what I've seen from him publicly throughout his career, that he's going to feel the same way next week about things. I can't attach. I can't make every decision based on him long term because it could change from year to year, from week to week. Help me. And and you can ask. Go ahead and answer this question, Jay. Because then I'm going to follow up something. What did Max say? It was more of a statement. Well, no, I'm sa- what I'm saying is, so therefore, if I'm Joe Sy, I'm like, I'm not doing all those things you want, and I'm not trading you right now. I'm just not doing either one of those things. Yeah. So let me ask you this, though, Jay, because, again, you cover the NBA, and you follow this stuff. almost said another word. But <laughs> has Sean Marks done a tremendous job as a general manager? Because – I, I'm on the outside looking in, and I've only been here on the East Coast three years and since KD and Kyrie has arrived. But it seems like to me that he has done a tremendous job mm. as a general manager, whether it's moving on, bringing in the both Kyrie and KD, and then at the same time figuring out the Ben Simmons move, but also the James Hart before Ben Simmons, but also getting Curry and DeAndre Jordan and, and the other guy what came over with him. Uh, was it Dunwoody? Who came over to Philly uh, with Curry? Seth Curry. Seth. Seth. Who else? Seth and who else? Um, Being Seth. It wasn't Dinwiddie. It was Dinwiddie. somebody else. I, it was whatever. Um, on a blank right now. Yeah, well, whoever. It seems like he's put a good roster together on a consistent basis for them to win a championship. So if Josiah is looking at that from a general manager standpoint, why would I get rid of the general manager that's done a tremendous job at putting talent on the floor for us? I wouldn't get rid of Sean Marks. That's why when the the whole thing dropped, the first thing I said was, I might find middle ground for Steve Nash, but I wouldn't find it for Sean Marks. But if you give up Steve Nash, I mean, after Katie has set that precedent, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a, a player has gotten a head coach 
Fine. Oh, the head coaches always get got. Yeah, I would give I would yeah, they, give KDC that. Hanging, I would give, give KDC that. Yeah, yeah. They low hanging fruit to find middle ground. Yeah, of course, but it's yeah. because I was already now. I was already questioning Nash like over the last couple of years, even though these guys haven't really played a lot of games. He just together. said it. It's too late now. Let me ask you this, Jay. Is it I don't really know if though? It's too late. Is it really I just because you, I want you fired? You want to work with me, Jay? No, who 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 are you talking about now? Steve Nash, Sean Marks. Yeah, if I'm Sean Marks, I know. It doesn't matter if you want my five. GM You're not going to take it personal. Yeah, but <laughs> GM want to win. Because yeah, yeah GM going to take it personal, man. You got feelings. Max, if I want you fired. Now think about what I'm trying. Hey. Hey. If I want you fired, what, what you're not going to take that person. I'm trying to hurt your family and you. Yes, however, as a GM, the best thing I can do is to succeed. And I know when I look at that roster, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Now you give me KD, if I, and, and now the coach is gone. All I got to do is get the coach right, and KD's okay with me? Yeah, I'll try and do that. I'll try and get the coach right. I mean, where it becomes problematic is how do you talk about if you want to make in-season trades, you want to make moves at the deadline. Got to go, go to KD. How do you – but, like, I, I, well, I, think, but I think that, no, I think the dynamic has already shifted. I don't think you go to KD. I think you make the best decision for the Brooklyn Nets, and I think that's why Joe Sy said that. But if you're the gym, I don't think. But my, I've given you the opportunity to have your influence on a team. We signed DeAndre Jordan and let go of Jared Allen for forty million dollars at his age. Like a lot of your decisions didn't work out. That's why I say it's almost like a it's a power shift back to Joe Sy and Sean back Marks. to management from from labor. See, see, in, 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 I know Jay, you'll cringe at this. This is why I always say when you have the right people in play, if KD, in my opinion, had the right people in play from his management team, I don't, I don't think that. that he can manipulate a lot of stuff. He would have more influence and power because when you look at the clutch situation and you look at uh, uh, LeBron and you look at what Maverick and Rich Paul have at their disposal, the Lakers almost got to cave in long-term to LeBron, whether LeBron got three years, two years, because of the roster of players that the other guy has. Now the Lakers are sitting around thinking about possibly giving up the 27th and 28th year picks for Kyrie Irving, where before they wasn't until LeBron like, yo, hold on, I got to sign this extension. This is what I want. Now they're thinking about it again. Jay, last word before we get to – Because that's the amount of players that Rich Paul has. The power – the players – Think about it. Yeah, power if, in if, numbers of if the players. You, if you oh, don't do what it. Rich Paul and LeBron wants, you might get screwed over six years from now on, what's the guy in Memphis? Uh, the, the little guard. John Morant. John Morant, for instance. All I mean, sudden, KCP John, did get that $17 million one-year or, contract or, or, presaging or, LeBron's yeah, arrival. Yeah, for, or or uh, Garland comes available in three, four years from now you may not be able to get that because you didn't do what we needed you to do in 2022. That's all I'm saying. Loose lips sink ships. Uh, the best thing for their whole crew is to be tight and Katie not to talk. Right. Well, too late. <laughs> With <laughs> Tyreek Hill now in Miami, guys, what are the expectations for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN2. The um, Christmas Day slate is out, guys. And to the big thing that jumps out to me, I know Miami... Heat fans feel like they're getting snubbed again. But the fact that Brooklyn is not on the Christmas slate means to me they expect KD to be gone. Because if you got KD and Kyrie in Brooklyn, no well, you way can't, you're not you on can't, Christmas. You can't put them on Christmas. It's, it's uh, not stabilized enough right now. It's too unstable to put. So you're saying not necessarily that they think they're gone, but they just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. How could, you, how could I schedule the Nets, Jay, and we're messing around with Max and Key Running the point, and Jay at the three. Like, who wants to watch that? Yeah, I'm okay with the Nets not being there. I, I love the fact that we're getting Memphis and Golden State. I mean, I love that. that, that no, guy. but do you read into the Nets not being there? That they, that the NBA believes that KD is gone. No, I, I just I do. I read into it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, too. you got to Jay. Think about it. Two of the top twenty players in the NBA currently aren't scheduled for Christmas Day. Now, did they pare back to how many games it was? Or no, it's still the same amount of games. Same number of games. Yeah, just think about and that. No ben, by the way, Ben no, Simmons, I, when he's healthy, is a top 20 so, cause, player. Cause, when he's healthy. I understand it. You I'm just saying a, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't you know how stuff's going to uh, play out. Right. You as a season ticket holder, though. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I was coming back. Sweet no, seats. You, was NBA, my you, season, got some sweet you season dip ticket holder. You season ticket holder. Would you be mad? If those guys aren't on the team and you got those expensive front row seats, I just don't know. Yeah, of course. So but you, you don't know. So people would be mad if they put them on the Christmas Day and they don't have none of them players except Ben Simmons. Oh, I understand it. Like I, I didn't really, I don't really know what to expect when it comes to the Nets. Oh, right the Lakers there. in it? I don't see the schedule. Are the Lakers on it? Yeah. I think uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They got. See, I don't like. I don't like the Dallas matchup. That don't even look. Lakers. Like, well, yeah. A great matchup. Lakers no, I'd host. Rather, I'd rather see. The Lakers in Phoenix or the Lakers in Golden State more so than the Lake. I don't like Dallas like that, though. Can I just get back to my point about Golden State and Memphis? I mean, we've we, we watched John Moran and Draymond Green talk trash to each other, and it's ultimately led to this point. I've said it. I said it past two years. I do feel like 
Memphis is that younger version that wants to beat Golden State more than anything. It's a great rivalry. No, so that's a good that. one. I, I like it, but I would have liked to have seen the Lakers and Golden the State. The Knicks though. and the 76 So apparently, sorry, I said that don't they're hosting Dallas. Don't nobody want to see that. But, but Lakers part? are at Dallas, right? The Knicks and the Sixers, don't nobody right, want to yeah. see nobody that. Nobody want to see the Knicks play. On, they, like, they, they the team that shouldn't be But you Christmas. got it. Nah, but you got it. It's New York. It's the Knicks. You got to nah, do it. Nah, man. That's you the, can't that's have Christmas Day. Game, but you can't have the Christmas. You can't have Christmas Day without the Lakers and the Knicks. I mean, give Knicks, me Boston I mean. and Milwaukee all day long. But the Knicks versus the Sixers? You got to have gonna be that. the 12 the o'clock. Knicks. Your presence opening game. That's your first game. Yeah, but that's like having Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. Like, who wants to see Detroit again on Thanksgiving Day? Lions. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are joined now by Sam Acho, ESPN football analyst. What's up, Sacho? What up, what up? So we've been, we've been talking a bit this morning about Michael Irvin. Now, you know, if we understand the source. He is a Cowboys legend, um, champ, world champion. But he said if the Cowboys clean up the penalties, they could go undefeated. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think, uh, and I said this earlier, I think that Jerry Jones needs some new friends, right? Well, Jerry Jones needs some new friends. Because, like, this is Michael Irvin, obviously, one of Jerry Jones' friends, spoke at his Hall of Fame induction, all this kind of thing. We've seen them FaceTime before, all these kind of things. Like, it, it, and I think Jerry Jones really believes stuff like this, right? Michael Irvin sounds like he believes, man, we had the number one offense last year. Dude, you lost to Mari Cooper. Man, you know, we're so good. We're, dude, like, like, not even 72 Dolphins. My thing is just your biggest problem last year, at least so far, has gone unaddressed. And so, sure, if we take care of our biggest problem, which it seems like we can't take care of, then we'll be the next greatest thing ever. To me, I just don't – I mean, like, obviously, like, it seems like he was saying it in jest on a boat, laughing, joking, but I'm just saying, man, like, guys, you've got to address your biggest deal – if you want to be taken seriously, at least in the playoffs, not to win your division, not to, but like to be a serious Super Bowl contender, win a playoff game, address, like stop beating yourself. That's it. Here's the problem with guys like Sam. They don't like the Cowboys and they don't like what we do. If we clean up our penalties, we are going to the Super Bowl like the 72 Dolphins. Look, look, listen to me now. I'm telling you, that offensive line is strong. Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott is C.D. Lamb wearing 88, is going to dominate. You've got to understand what we're doing here, Max. Don't listen to Sam Alcho. Don't do it. Hey, that's it, though. Hey, that's the thing. Like, like, here's the problem with guys like Sam. Here's the problem with the referees. Here's the problem with – it's always somebody else's problem. That's my thing. Like, after they lost in the playoffs, a lot of people were blaming the refs, right? Did the, did the 49ers beat the Cowboys? Sure. But did the Cowboys beat themselves? Yes. So, like – and I grew up in Dallas, so I get it, right? Like, oh, man, it's this, it's that. Even Cowboys fans understand that the offense isn't going to be as good as last year. Even Cowboys fans understand that they've got to stop – they have 14 accepted penalties in this first preseason game. 17 total, 14 accepted. The Rams had 14 total penalties in the entire playoff Super Bowl run last year. So, like, we know what the standard is, and we know how talented Dallas is. Like, we know there's no question. Talented, offense, defense, all the stuff. But you're beating yourself, and you've been doing it for decades. How encouraged were you? Beating yourself. How encouraged, Sam, were you taking a look at Jalen Hurts in his first preseason game as, you know, a guy coming off his first year as a starter, leading the team to the playoffs, and now the Eagles certainly 
did some stuff in the offseason, but he certainly looked different this preseason than he did a year ago. Yeah, well, now, see, I'm going to hear what you think about this because I'm excited, really excited about what I saw uh, from Jalen Hurts. But obviously as a receiver, right, what do you – like, what did you see that made you excited? Because for me, I'm like, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm cool with him. I mean, you asked me as a receiver, so you questioning whether or not he can pass the football, it sounds like to me. But I'm fine with Absolutely him. Absolutely, based on but, last but year. But I'm fine with him. Even last year, I was fine with him throwing the football. What happens in, in, in with us in this space that we're in is we get caught up on what everybody else start talking about, about him throwing yeah. the football. About him. He led his team to the playoffs in his first but he year could see, he as could, a full-time starter. He's only going to get better, just like Mac Jones is going to get yeah. better. Just like Justin Herbert got better, just like Trey uh, Lance is going to get better. When you play, you get better. When you don't play, you don't get better. But Sam, you know what this is? It's like you know you have to be great yesterday. You, you can't you yeah. can't have a process anymore. You can't work through things anymore. It's like all of a sudden that, that opportunity seems like it's dwindled now more than ever. Yeah, I mean, I. Like, Key, I actually rock with what you're saying on this because a lot of ways, and even Jay, you said it too, a lot of ways we do get caught up in what not necessarily the media says, but even like Twitter says, what people say, we forget. Oh, dude, this man ran for, for 10 touchdowns last year. Oh, man, this dude, even in the first preseason game where some people said, man, there was one play where he could have made a better read and maybe instead oh, of the escape out of pocket. This dude, still, this dude still ran like that touchdown run on second and two from the 12-yard line, even though it got called back. Like, that's what he does, and you can't coach that. I watched it, I was like, yes. Like, you can't teach that. You can't coach that. Exactly. You can't inject that into somebody's veins. Mm-hmm. He just does that. That first play of the game, when, like, the left tackle, the left guard gets beat, he skates out of the pocket to the right-hand side, and he throws it up to Quez Watkins. Like, you can't really coach that. So, for me, I think that Jalen Hurts is the answer, not only because of – not because of what he did yesterday, but, like, what we saw last season and his – desirability to get better. My only question is, and Key, Max, Jay, anybody. Sancho, we got about 20 seconds. Cool. 20-second question. What happens when they play like a dominant team like they did in Tim Bay last year in the playoffs? Yeah. Right? What happens then? Year older. Year older. He's going to have older. to start seeing the middle of the field better, but as Key says, every young quarterback's got to improve. That is Sam Acho, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks as Lone always, Sancho. suck. <laughs> How warranted is the talk about Mike McCarthy's job security? How much is he to blame for the Cowboys coming up short in recent years? Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.